and welcome to the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Casey. Last week we looked at some episodes from Hey Arnold to celebrate the show's 20th anniversary since it premiered. We geeked out about our favorite Nicktoon and focused on the episodes that featured some supporting characters from the show. We also, as always, put out our weekly Twitter poll asking whether we obsess over Hey Arnold too much. We gave you guys two uh, very diverse options, lots of choices here. We said, uh... Either you could answer no or absolutely not, and absolutely not won with 76% of the vote, so we'll just keep obsessing. This time we're looking at superhero episodes from three of the most popular Nicktoons ever. We've got Jimmy Neutron, Spongebob, and the Fairly Odd Parents. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Jimmy Neutron. This one's called The N-Men from Season 3, Episode 2. While returning from a space voyage, Jimmy and his friends get zapped by a radiation belt and gain superpowers. They all get cool superpowers except for Jimmy who simply turns orange and seems to lack powers entirely, resulting in his friends and the townspeople mocking him. However, Jimmy does have very dark and terrible power that only gets revealed when he gets angry, but... We'll, we'll uh, get more into that. It, turn, it ends up being basically the gang versus Jimmy trying to tame the beast, and that ends up being the concept of the episode. And this is definitely a classic Jimmy Neutron episode. Yeah, it really is. It's it's just it's a fun look into him, and we, we get to kind of see all of the gang come together in this. And, you know, and as we see, it's kind of a popular theme of, the characters in the show getting to be superheroes throughout Nicktoons, but this one I think I think does a fun job with it. So we we have this sort of argument going on between Jimmy and Cindy, which leads to him not really paying attention to the controls as much, and they're kind of you know talking about whether or not Cindy's more athletic, and just getting into this back and forth between them. And they're all they're all doing various things that end up being relevant. I remember the first time I was watching this, I was like, "Why do they keep bringing this up? Like, why is this important?" But um, Libby's got a a pimple, and she keeps putting vanishing cream on it. Um, Sheen is on. He's like a is like a massage chair that keeps vibrating, and he keeps just doing that. <laughs> Um, Carl burps. Carl, Carl's burping. Yeah, and then Cindy and and Jimmy are having their well, they're having their our wrestling fight, and there's somehow orange juice involved, which doesn't really matter, anyways. It's all set up. They end up there's there's all the staff, this big kind of build up, and they go through the radiation belt, and they land, and they're like. And Jimmy's like, oh, that, that could have caused strange mutations. And then they're all like, why are you orange? But they start realizing that they each can do crazy things. So, you know, there's Sheen because of the vibrations is now super fast. Carl has super burps, which are, I don't even know how to explain them. Libby can turn invisible. Cindy is super strong. 
And Jimmy is just orange and his hair is tinted a weird color, so it's, uh, it's unclear what his deal is. But him being the brains of the group, to Cindy's dismay, uh, he kind of corrals this group together and is like, okay, I guess we're superheroes now. And uh, Sheen names it the Fantastic League of Justice Bringing Avenging Men. And two girls. Yeah, he ends up bringing that one in after they... Sort of, he gets glared at by the girls. <laughs> it really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? You know, the Fantastic League of Justice Bringing Avenging Men and two girls. And, good name. And they're just completely petty. Basically, they're just looking for things. It's like when you're a kid and you're trying to make up a game, and so you just force the universe to, like, align with your game. So they're, like, enforcing parking violations and like throwing out garbage that shouldn't be thrown out and all this stuff it's very petty <laughs> yeah and it's it's the kind of pettiness that honestly you could police without the superpowers you know like you want to be petty you could just be like hey you know you're not allowed to park there and like chances are i mean maybe they won't pay attention to you but like there's no reason to use that any of these these abilities that they've got they they basically end up just causing major issues with everything that they do. Yeah. But they, they seem to just not be paying attention. And, you know, Jimmy keeps trying to chime in. He's like, guys, you have to practice. We have to practice our powers. And then, you know, Cindy, based on their crazy little rivalry, she's like, she's like, you're not really the leader. And then he's like, yes, I am. And she's like, what are you going to do? Stain me? <laughs> Hashtag wrecked. That's the one for this week. Because yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty good. And I think Cindy, we need to talk about how what a great character Cindy is for a moment. What a great rival to Jimmy Neutron. She's just naturally smart. She's not a super genius, but she's competent. She's smart. She's a girl. And there's this weird sort of romantic thing, sort of, but it's mostly bickering. And they just don't know how to handle their emotions. I think Cindy is such an awesome contrast to Jimmy. Yeah, I definitely, and like I said, it's good to see kind of this, you know, kind of see her struggle with wanting to be just as smart as him, and at the same time, she does have sort of this athletic ability that Jimmy lacks, and so there's, there is a balance between them that's really interesting to kind of watch throughout the series, and I think this, this episode highlights it pretty well. Totally. And we have, uh... Basically, yeah, Jimmy and Cindy's fighting just keeps escalating, keeps escalating. Jimmy's thinking about it. He's getting angrier and angrier, and we well, see first, the... First, hold on. First, they all get moved to a secure security area. Right, right. First, the town sort of, po like, polices them because they're viewed as dangerous, right? Which, to be fair, they yeah. are. They, right? well, they completely they are. They're a public like... menace. Like, Sheen's cleaning up garbage and starts a tornado. Like, it's it's not going well. Like, there, there's valid reason for them to be considered unsafe. But and as usual, they, Jimmy they is right. Away. And Jimmy kind of finds out that the way that this, this gene works is that, like, somehow it can be fatal if they have it for too long because it's so exhaustive of, like, all of their body's resources, I guess. And then, yes, you, you can go ahead and... Yeah, yeah, the science is a little it. ambiguous, the fatal gene thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he but, on his computer it's like six hours counting down and like oh yeah that's genetic guys. yeah but, but so it's Jimmy, a show I, I can let it go Jimmy keeps thinking about Cindy and they're fighting and he's getting mad and mad and then the, 
the animation we see in the bed, it zooms away from Jimmy. We just see Goddard cowering under a chair, and Jimmy's shadow gets bigger and bigger, and he's like this freakish combination of the Thing and the Hulk. Yeah, it's it's pretty hideous, to be honest. But also, you know, he does end up having power, so at least there's that. And we so walk in on this town meeting where they're kind of like the, the parents of the kids are like, we have to free our kids. And then Jimmy's mom is like, I mean, yeah, my kid's orange, but he wouldn't hurt a fly. And then he immediately comes in with Jimmy smash. He's like just throwing stuff. He's enraged. And his dad is like, oh, son, have you been, you've been lifting weights? I'm willing to spot you. What do you bench? Three, four thousand pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things that I never noticed as a kid. And then uh, his mom's like, Jimmy, you don't know what you're doing. And he's like, I think he does. Look at his abs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's dad is fantastic. One of those characters that gets funnier the older you get, I think. Yeah, because again, I think I just kind of like, didn't pay that much attention right. to what he was saying. I was losing it. When you just kind of it. assume the adults all know what they're doing, and then when you really look at it, they just don't. And then so the townspeople start throwing fruit at Jimmy, which I have no idea why know. they choose to do that. Yeah, he's, he's this giant, monstrous thing, and they're like, yeah, let's throw fruit at him. Why? Why? Did that occur to you? But the why game... do they think that's going to solve so, As of just making him more angry, obviously. Yeah, it's not good, but it does get the end men to kind of get their act together. And uh, we see all of them basically have a moment of stepping up. And finally, the resolution of this episode, skipping ahead through some fighting and through some, you know, angry Jimmy yeah, they, smashing things. Uh, Cindy. They all find out they have these kind of sub-powers. It doesn't really matter, but... You know, we, we do see that they've been practicing their powers. They've decided to kind of swallow their pride, realize that they have to work on these things. Right, definitely. And they, uh, yes, yeah, Cindy has a big moment where she apologizes and says she was wrong. She, even when even when we made fun of him, he only wanted to help us. And Or that's, she has a realization privately with just them when they've been um, sort of you're captured by this, like, war general. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a great then, character. Yeah. He, he's your classic, just mindless general kind of a guy. He's, he's talking to them, and they're, like, enclosed in this thing, and he's like, open those big slidey doors. I love that. <laughs> Silly stuff. But, yeah, so, we, you know... Jimmy talks to himself in his reflection. You see normal Jimmy, like, reflected in the water, being like, "Get your, pull yourself together, man. And uh, Cindy finally apologizes to Jimmy. Um, Jimmy yeah. thinks about it. She, she's like, oh, you know, you're, you're smart, and you're, you're always looking out for us and stuff. And Jimmy sort of, like, actually starts softening up. And she says, I sort of secretly love... La, and he goes, what, what, Cindy, like, love? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. We, we never quite see the conclusion of, right. uh, of that one. Because he goes back to normal, and then they're the back to their old yeah. bickering selves. And he, he does end up normalizing, and um, because of this, this seltzer water that Sheen stole from the candy bar so that Carl could, like, make this giant 
life-changing burp that matters, whatever. Apparently that ends up being the secret missing item to the, the antidote, and he's able to get them all back to normal, get get rid of all of their powers, and, and you know, we, we see Sam, too, the, the candy bar owner. He's, like, yelling at them. They're all back to normal. Everything's good. And he's just like, you still owe me a buck 80. He's great. Like, <laughs> he really is. He's this kind of grumpy, grumpy man, really. just Who runs a candy shop. Like, why would he run a candy bar? Um, you know, I almost wish we could see more insight into why Sam is the way that he is. But I, I don't think it ever comes up. Yeah, this show isn't Hey Arnold. <laughs> Unfortunately not. But, uh, yeah, we, we got that nice touch of romance, and then we kind of get this nice touch of just everything's back to what it was, and, you know, that's that's about it. It's kind of, a, at the end, nothing really happened, but I, I feel like it was still fun. It's a fun ride. Yeah, and they grew as friends, for sure. And it's cool that, even though they're superheroes, they really only end up fighting themselves and, like, this Hulk version of Jimmy. It's kind of atypical for a superhero episode. Yeah, they, they really don't, uh... They don't fight much crime. There's not really any villain other right. than, like you said, they're themselves within their group ends up being the the worst enemy of all. And God, they are. You know, I'm I'm gonna say I'm kind of glad that they had a reason to get their powers taken away. They they were not really doing the best with them. Yeah, I think I think that wraps up this episode. Unless you have anything else. Uh, no, I think, I think that about sums it up. Up next, we'll have an episode from Spongebob. Our next episode is from Spongebob, and it's called Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 5. It's from Season 3, Episode 12B. In this one, we start in on this argument between Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, where Barnacle Boy no longer feels that he should be a child sidekick, and he ends up joining the villains. And because of this, we have the rest of the sort of the, the good guys gang put on costumes, become the International Je- International League of Justice Acquaintances something, and they all get together to try to stop Barnacle Boy from being this terrible villain that he's become. This is one of my favorite Spongebob episodes, for sure. Really, all of the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boys are awesome. I would love to do an episode where we focus on, you know, the other ones, because there are five or six or maybe even seven of them. But it's... Oh, it's so funny. It's so good. And just this concept of Barnacle Boy being treated as a child when he's 68 years old is so funny. I never really appreciated that. Yeah, it's honestly the the idea of these kind of senior citizen superheroes didn't really occur to me as ridiculous. Right, me neither. But but I I always got pumped up for these ones, and we we opened up with their kind of like their theme song. They're like, and that's when you know, that's when you know stuff is about to get good. Very Batman referency. And again, we we see that the big sort of conflict in this moment is that they're trying to decide what to order. And we have this moment where Spongebob whispers into a mermaid man's ear and he's like, order a Krabby Patty. 
And he's like, I'll have a Krabby Patty. And I just want to say, guys, poop never let us down. It certainly does not. And I loved that sort of callback. I think it was intentional. <laughs> it's, pretty, <laughs> it's pretty direct. Um, yeah, it's great. And we... Uh... No, the, the, the big conflict starts because... Because Mermaid Man says they had a pipsqueak patty for the boy. Right. <laughs> yeah, and Barnacle Boy... a little, like, bite-sized little crabby patty with, like, a little face drop on it. <laughs> it is adorable. But Barnacle Boy doesn't... Doesn't take this on too well. And he says, I want to be Barnacle Man from now on. And... And he, cross, uh, he crosses over to the dark side of the restaurant that isn't lit because Mr. Krabs is too cheap. <laughs> yeah, and you know, why not be on the dark side? Why why not? If they're, if they're going to be in dark side anyways, might as well let them be in the dark, right? And we, we have this sort of conveniently ready, this like villains, I don't even know what it is. Their, their car of sorts just rolls in the villains. <laughs> Uh, the Dirty Bubble and, um... Man Ray. Man Ray, thank you. Are just chilling in there, and there's like, hey, hop in. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. They're also underrated characters. Man Ray is fantastic. No, I'm, I'm sure someday we'll get to the... I mean, it's one of the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes, the, the one yeah. that centers around Man Ray, but... But so you they, know, uh, they, they leave, Barnacle, Barnacle Man now storms out with the evil folks, and immediately on the TV that apparently exists in the Krusty Krab that we usually don't see, uh, we hear the talk, classic talking fish head going, we interrupt your bleak and meaningless lives, <laughs> which is so dark. He then outlines, yeah, how that you... These are these are more things too that I just never caught as a kid. Mm -hmm. The the talking fish head, I recognize that he was like given the news, but I think I just kind of didn't listen to the first words out of his mouth. You know, right. right. And so basically, they're just pulling all kinds of wacky hijinks. They're ding dong ditching an old man, and he just screams, "I'll get you, crazy kids!" <laughs> and then we of they're, course they're... have the every villain is lemons. Yes, classic. Classic line, evil, you guys. That one killed me as a kid. Absolutely destroyed me. Every villain is, and like, I didn't know what to expect. Lemon. It's kind of a animation of this evil-looking lemon with, like, tentacles coming off of it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very strange. Very iconic. True. There, there are many truly iconic moments of SpongeBob, and this is, I would say, a top ten one. Yeah, maybe someday we'll actually try to list those off, but I feel like this one's got to make it. It's, everyone remembers it. It's, it's too good. Too much. And so because of this, they decide that they need to get together with, uh, you know, Spongebob and Sandy and Patrick and Squidward kind of reluctantly, but they, they all need to get together to try to save the day. And Squidward's like, I'm not in. And then Mr. Krabs is like, oh yes, you are. No world means no money. Capitalism like, at work. Right. Is that how the is that how the environment's gonna be saved? <laughs> yeah. oh, but there there you go and And so they become superheroes, they put on the costumes and it gives them powers. 
Uh, we've got SpongeBob is what's he? He's like the Flash, the Quickster, and he he has the ability to go really quick. He goes, "Want to see me run to that rock and back? Want to see me do it again?" And nothing, no animation changes. Just comedy brilliance. Every time, every time it gets to me. Uh, and then we have Patrick is the. Elastic waistband or something? Yeah. Doesn't matter. He can touch his yeah, toes. He, he says, oh, I can finally touch my toes. His toes literally stretch behind him, go over his head to touch his hands. <laughs> and then we have the Krakatawa from uh, Squidward, who's got a volcano Captain head. Magmar. Yeah. Captain Magma, right? Yeah, yep. And uh, then we have Sandy who's invincible and I, I wanna her joke like I guess Squidward doesn't really have one but she's just like does this make me look fat and you know it always kinda like it felt got a, like it got they a had chuckle. These, these great jokes and then it was like that one. Right. It is kinda cute. Like you can't see her, of course it can't make her look fat. Like <laughs> I know you get it. But it is like it's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like there's like that that setup. I, I think maybe honestly the Quicksters one is my favorite. We of should them. have saved it for last. Yeah, it's it's so good. And then so basically they have this guy, the chief, who's a real person, uh, and he basically gives them their mission. And uh they they have to go to Make Out Peak where uh Make Out Reef, Make Out Reef where Get your, get your Spongebob locations together. I know, Casey. I know. It's Makeout Reef, and so that's where the Dirty Bubble and Man Ray and all them are stirring up trouble. And Squidward, very unsettlingly, says, Ah, oh, Makeout Reef. Good times. Good times. Yeah. I think that's another moment that stuck in my head, but not, not for the pleasant reasons. Just that it's yeah. like, what? I don't want to know. I don't want to think about this. And it's just uncomfortable all around. And, and yeah, then we have the chief kind of like doing that, that weird, like make out with yourself moment where you like turn around and I, I don't know how to describe this, but like you show your back and then you have your hands like kind of hugging yourself and in some manner, it looks like you could be making out with someone. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, You've seen the thing probably. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange they had to make out reef and they're they're just shaming people they're going so and so and so and so is sitting in a tree or whatever they're like yeah. doing those stupid chants um and there's a guy making out with his pillow which i was very confused by as a kid i was like what is he doing i don't like what what does that mean <laughs> yeah i mean i'm guessing the idea is that he just, like wants to seem like a cool kid because he's like come on man that's not cool i don't know it's hard to say exactly <laughs> Well, they're getting it up, and I remember it. It's just awkward. And again, they're they're not really causing any real menace. These villains, but they <laughs> stirring up trouble. They know? are. That's another great element of it. I didn't even really think about it when I was a kid. They're not doing anything really. They're just being like teenagers. <laughs> ding dong, ding. <laughs> Gotta stop them before it gets too far. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And so the fight is kind of pathetic. They all basically self-destruct in various ways, and then Mermaid Man finally just topples over to the sound of a like comic book trumpet blast. <laughs> yeah, they honestly they do nothing. The dirty bubble man ray barnacle man at this point just standing there. 
a literal zero movements from them, and they just kind of look around. They're like, uh, "Did we win?" Yeah. Squidward accidentally have... dumps his lava on SpongeBob. He runs around in a circle. It's it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, Patrick, I think, and he tries to like stop him, and then his hands end up just getting swirled around, stretched way too far, and mm-hmm. it's it's disappointing. They are. It's it's something, and we get to this point where you know after you win a fight, you get to make your demands. And Barnacle Man comes up, and he's about to give them. And Man Ray's like, "World domination! Tell them we want world domination." <laughs> Which honestly, I don't I don't know that they couldn't give Mermaid them. Man that. has the ability to give that. To him. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking that. Yeah. Uh, the the dirty bubble has, and I don't know why this line gets me so much every time. He's just like, oh. And make him eat dirt. It's very and important to him. The domination thing. Just like this, of all the things, just make him eat dirt. Yeah. That's what you want. But they end up having a sort of touching reconnection where they, you know, decide to be friends again. Yeah, he and... says his, his three demands are, uh, I want to be, uh, I think it's like, I want to be treated as a superhero, not a sidekick. Mm-hmm. I want to be called... Barnacle Man, and I want an adult-sized Krabby Patty. And, and then, then they, get that, they that shake hands. Numbers. They shake hands, and we have a boom friend graphic that pops up like a comic book, which is cute. Yeah, it is. And and we see them both go back to being, you know, on the good side. And we have the Dirty Bubble just kind of looking at them disappointedly. And he's like, did you hear him say anything about eating dirt? <laughs> He was so upset, yeah. It's like then, it, was, it was the only thing he ever wanted from somebody ever. Again, I don't know why that line gets me, but it does. Good stuff. And then we we go back to the, the Krusty Krab, where Barnacle Boy is eating his his first ever adult-sized Krabby Patty. And Mermaid Man is like, well, how is it? And he's like, you know, it's actually pretty big. I don't... I don't think I can finish it. And then he starts, like, cackling, and then Mermaid Man starts cackling. Then all of the superheroes, Spongebob, Sandy, Patrick, and Squidward, move in on the scene and start laughing. It then cuts to uh, the fish with the pillow at Makeout Reef laughing, and then to the chief who's making out with himself and then cackling like a maniac. And that's the yeah, end of the episode. We Man Ray, Man Ray, Indery, Hubble, just ever. Yeah, in jail. <laughs> It's a fun moment. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's great. This is a great episode. A cl- an instant classic and chock full of great jokes and a strange but successful concept. Yeah, and it's, it's something. Honestly, I think I think it's even funnier now. Like you said, as I get older, you, you get more of these things. Like, there are senior citizens being superheroes. These villains aren't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you just really get the whole ridiculousness of the concept, and the writers, you can tell, just kind of ran with it and had a lot of fun. Totally. I think that's it for this one. When we get back, we'll have a Fairly Odd Parents superhero episode. Our third and last episode is from Fairly Odd Parents entitled The Big Superhero Wish. It's from Season 4, Episode 1. So Timmy is tired of his normal everyday routine and how he never gets any rescuing from his enemies. After a very bad day, he wishes that the world was like a comic. 
This is a, a longer-than-usual episode of Fairly Odd Parents. It's also, I would say, a classic. One of the big Crimson Chin episodes, as well as the Nega Chin. Uh, yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, we, we start up, and I, I immediately got excited. They show the title screen, and it's like, The Big Superhero Wish. The, the Big, big Superhero Wish. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just gets you excited. You know it's something special, you know? You know it's not just your your typical 12-minute-esque episode. We're, yeah. we're going to get into something deep. Oh, yeah. And, and they do. We actually started out with a callback to an earlier episode, which I think has got to be one of the first times that this happens on Barely Odd Parents, if not the only. But it's very in and the world they, of the comic book, you know, like last time on the, you know, in the last issue or on the last episode, you know. Yeah. And it, it does actually, it does refer to a real previous episode where mm-hmm. they took down the Negachin basically with uh, these various ages of different eras and um yeah so he he ends up he's we see him getting taken back into his comic book and he's talking to this i don't remember what the time bomb's name is it doesn't really matter he's around and we see that they're about to start up some some craziness and they do in fact end up starting up some craziness you know they i think the, the negachin is just waiting the perfect moment for him to come in and try to steal uh timmy's fairies that he doesn't know are fairies but you know he loves that there is dogs yeah from the boy the cleft the boy chin wonder and he's obsessed with them and uh so timmy wishes that uh he basically has a terrible day where everything goes wrong. He gets Crocker gives him every F from now until college, which is so comically over the top. And, yeah, the, and he, the milkman won't give him milk, and the, the janitor won't help him, and the fireman, firewoman won't help him. And yeah. Moral of the story, these these people that he expects to be helpful aren't, and he's, he's just not happening. He's like, man, why do these everyday heroes, why, why can't they help me out at all? Why... Why are they so useless? You know, I wish the whole world was a comic book instead. I wish, I wish it was like that. And we get this super poof. Yeah. Uh, what throws up on there. And I like that we, we kind of see, first of all, they show like the world literally turned into a comic book, which is fun. But we do kind of see this art style change where in the background, there's like those little dots that you see in the mm-hmm. comic book world. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's great. And we then realize, we one by one get introduced to all of the superheroes that populate this world. Chester the Muncher Lad, the Bouncing Boyle, the Sonic Youth, and Professor AJ. And the Bull E, which is Francis. And Timmy says, what's the E stand for? And he goes, it's the second letter in death and the third in die. Which is like not clever at all. Nope. (laughs) But, I mean, it's very Francis thing to say, right? I love it. Yeah, and we just basically, to Timmy starts realizing that a world like a comic book has villains as well as heroes, right? He he wasn't really prepared for that one. He wasn't really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then we see and, what we think is the crimson chin, but his teeth look a little off, and it's clear to the viewer that uh, it's the nega chin, but Timmy falls for it. And uh, he, he keeps zapping away the villains. And we assume, again, or 
Timmy, rather, I guess, assumes that it's the Crimson Chin just taking care of criminals. But he's being kind of sketchy about it. Mm-hmm. He's and got an evil laugh, he, yeah. You know, he's he's being a little... There's there's a little iffy things, and then we... we uh, Timmy's talking, and he says... Well, you know, in a world filled with superheroes and supervillains, he's probably got a lot of work to do. He's probably swapped. Then we cut to the Negachin in a swamp. In a swamp. Immediately. <laughs> Clever little puns so there. Great. And yeah. We see we see him go back to his hideout where he has all of the villains. Uh Dr. Croctopus. What is it? Dr. Croctopus, the baby shredder and bully chillin'. And uh I like that they they kind of uh hash out this plan. They're going to take over Timmy's, you know, they're going to take his dogs away from him and they're going to be able to take over the world. And they, they kind of have this group evil laugh and then they, they go on for a little bit and then he's like, uh, so, uh, we're all good then. And they're like, yep. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, let's get some evil coffee and donuts. And <laughs> I like that it kind of plays on, you know, usually you have everyone's evilly laughing and it just kind of fades out. I like that we get to see the, the kind of, a uh, back end of the house. And it's great how they just add super and evil to everything. Like, the school is now super school, the principal is the super principal, the evil donuts and coffee. Yeah, Syria binary. <laughs> yes. It's great. It's so true to that comic book style. And, uh, yeah, so, basically, things go south for Timmy. <laughs> Uh, well, once again, yeah. Yeah, and and he's over. He feels what like overpowered by the supervillains, overwhelmed by the whole thing, and decides to unwish the wish. And he says, "I wish for a world without superheroes." And and then the Negachin, clever as he is, covers Timmy's mouth, and Cosmo and Wanda apparently have to finish the wish. And now there are yeah. just supervillains, no superheroes, and. Timmy has to hide the crimson chin as his uh, his uncle, his his big chinned uncle. Yeah, and they they all sit there trying to come up with what to do. He keeps on going on on these long metaphors, like he says something like, "If there is even one, I don't know, one charcoal on the grill of justice, then we can build a stake of freedom." Just like ridiculous. These like, long ridiculous metaphors. Yeah, and. Then he goes on and he's like, you know, even these everyday heroes can help us out. And you see, again, this janitor, the the milkman, and the firewoman. And they're like, we know we let you down, Timmy, but why would they? Yeah, how do they know this? That, I couldn't stop thinking about that. They're like, we know, Timmy, and we're sorry. Do the three of them hang out, the three people that happened to be in Timmy's life that day, completely randomly? Like, how do they know this? Hypothetically, it seems like they don't notice, right? Like, if you're you're watching the scenes, they specifically don't see what's happening, and if they do see that they're letting Timmy down, then they're kind of being jerks. I completely uh, agree, yeah. If the milkman didn't know, knew what he did to Timmy, he was being a complete jerk, because it, otherwise it's just the universe being cruel, but it looks like it was these three people. But, that being said, <laughs> they, t- they turn it around. The janitor, you know, they use their everyday powers uh, to defeat the supervillains. So, like the janitor... 
uh, wipes his mop across the floor and makes the floor wet, and he says, the mop drieth and the mop wetteth again. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we, we do get this kind of, it's a fun battle between them, and it's it's good times, and they end up using their various, you know, everyday powers, like, a uh, boil kid opens a window. That's his big uh, moment, I believe. And he says, I and used my opening a window regular kid powers. I was like, all right, kid. Like, <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also do like, we, we have this moment when they're all deciding to fight and Chester says, it means I don't have to listen to another one of your big-chinned uncle's lame speeches. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> Chester is awesome. He's such a great character. <laughs> Uh, and I just, I like how self-aware pretty much this whole episode is, yes. right? It's, it's very aware of it being this kind of over-the-top villains and superheroes world. And we do eventually get to the, the moment where, because they captured Timmy's fairies and then he uncaptures them, right, basically. Mm. And he does the, the classic Control-Z, which, you know, you, you come to get used to. Yeah, I unwish the wish. It's all back to normal. And, uh, yeah, we, we do, though, he ends up back in the comic book world, so he's chilling with the Crimson Chin, just, just Timmy now, and he, uh, the Crimson Chin keeps trying to go on this metaphor, and he keeps on just messing up, it's kind of weird, you think, forever there's a single blade of grass that is no, no, that's not right, and he, he's like, it's, it's not me. It's the writer's fault. <laughs> and we get this great clip that I forgot about. Me too. Where we see this this guy again. We're we're dealing with a real human being, and he's like this nerdy looking guy. He's sitting at his computer. He's typing away. He's got these uh, like crimson chin stickers all over it, and he's like, if there's even a zit on the teenage face of justice he's like oh no that's so lame crimson chin would never say that unless, unless i, I tell him to, to. <laughs> yeah. it's just a fun kind of uh not exactly breaking of the it's kind of like i don't know it's a breaking down of their hypothetical worlds behind the scenes it's just an interesting concept yeah i wonder what's going on there kind of like the chief in spongebob like how does that work is there someone on land who's like skyping in to these sea creatures and here it's like is this real is this a concept uh we just can't overthink it fairly odd parents is its own thing it's the self-aware beautiful unsubtle show and i love it yes and we do have uh, the Negachin knocks on his door and we have this sort of animation meets real world kind of a look where it's kind of poorly like pasted in there, but it's, it's great. Just the same. Yeah. Yeah. It looks so fake and it's awesome. Oh man. He gets, he gets dragged away. I think that's actually never uh, touched on again, but it, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, it's does a he fun die? kind of idea. That Does that writer just always... die? <laughs> Sorry, my audio cut out. So that, does that writer just die? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> uh, and, and we hear his mom is just like, don't come back until you bring me grandchildren. 
Oh, man. You know, we've got to look up who that guy is. I feel like it's got to be someone important to Fairly Odd I think I think you should not do that quite yet, Casey. Oh, no. Did I just spoil the trivia question? Oh, my God. Well, that's a perfect segue. I still don't know who it is, so we'll find out. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Nick Trivia. <laughs> Alright, it's time for Nick Trivia. Our current standings are Casey 5, Ashley 4. I've got my first lead ever in our Nick Trivia history. Ashley, why don't you go ahead and ask first? Alright, and uh, we got this the slate preview. So, uh, again, the, the man who plays the writer in the ending scene also voices which character from the Pixar film Ratatouille? Um, so, uh, have you seen Ratatouille, to clarify? I have. Okay, good, because otherwise this would be... Pretty useless. All right. So, does he voice A. Gusto, B. Skinner, C. Remy, or D. Linguini? D and I can refresh you if you need to know who those are. D. Linguini. Final answer. Final answer. Final answer. That's incorrect. He's uh, actually Remy. The oh, rat. that was my gut. Character. My gut was telling me to do that, and I went against it. Yeah, we, we've all done it, but uh, yeah, uh, he didn't really seem to have anything important with the show. I guess he's just a voice actor, and he kind of ended up there, but... That's so funny. <laughs> I, I, you know, I definitely didn't hear it, but it's, it's funny to think of how these kind of crazy little cameos end up happening. Totally. All right, my question for you, Ashley, is in which, in what fictional city does the Crimson Chain universe take place? Is it... Uh, Cincinnati. That is correct. Do you want to hear the other answers I came up with? <laughs> sure. Chindy Annapolis, <laughs> Chinsdale, and Chinsburg. <laughs> you know, they're all good ones. I just knew that. I don't know why. Yeah. I just knew that. That's funny. I, I'm particularly proud of Chindy Annapolis. Chindy Annapolis. If, again, if for whatever reason, that's one of those things that just stuck. But yeah. if not, I think... I think I could have fallen for Indianapolis very easily. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I should have gone with my gut, and you went with yours, and you knew it. And, well, uh, we're, we're tied again. again a, a tie game. It's It's been a pretty pretty good back and forth between us. It makes me feel like we've got pretty similar uh, overall Nicktoon knowledge. All right. When we come back, we'll have our fun fact Twitter poll and a preview of next week. fairly odd parents theme specifically crimson chin themed he is voiced by jay leno he got the part because of his huge chin and it's also why the crimson chin is a struggling talk show host in his backstory and i had no idea about this isn't that fascinating yeah honestly i, I think it's kind of crazy that jay leno of all people gets kind of pulled in and this is a pretty regular role too you know this isn't just a one-time cameo so right. i found that to be a lot of fun Totally, and kids don't appreciate it. They don't care about guest stars, you know. I don't even think I knew who Jay Leno really was mm. as a kid, you know. No. All right, we've also got our Twitter poll. Check us out at FNN underscore podcast, and also like us on Facebook. Uh, our Twitter poll for this week is: Who would win in a fight? Jimmy Neutron's The N Men or SpongeBob's The International Justice League of Super Acquaintances? 
Yeah, and to be honest, I think it would be a uh, a terrible fight on both ends. Might be a stalemate. <laughs> interested to see who you guys think would pull through. All right, next week we're going to be collaborating with Patricia from Old School Lane, and um, on an As Told by Ginger episode. She's really knowledgeable about the show. She's got some really great thoughts, and she's selected three of her favorite Ginger episodes ever. So we're really excited to work with her again, and we've been guests on her podcast twice now. Totally, and we'll link all of that stuff on our Twitter, so go check it out. Go follow her. We're looking to have a long line of fruitful collaborations with her, and so far, so good. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.